Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, as the East Coast digs out from a monster snowstorm, we're tracking a new weather system that could hit later this week. Plus, the new details from the FBI in that Texas terror attack on a synagogue. Heavy snowfall and strong winds knock out power to thousands and causes travel nightmares on the roads and in the air. Terror in Texas. Dramatic new information as we hear from one of the hostages about the terrifying final moments of the nearly 11-hour standoff. He was going to kill each of us. Plus, the rabbi who is being hailed as a hero. I threw a chair at the gunman, and I headed for the door. What we're learning tonight about how the attacker got into the United States. On this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, his family marches in Washington, calling for change as the president faces an uphill battle getting voting rights legislation passed. COVID's last wave, what Dr. Anthony Fauci is saying tonight about whether Omicron will be the pandemic's final surge as cases hit a new record. Game, set, match. Tonight, the news that the world's top tennis player may be barred from playing in the upcoming French Open and U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. And Naomi Osaka returns to the world stage after a four-month hiatus. And remembering Dr. King, tonight we'll hear from him in his own words. The bar for the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and it is great to have you with us tonight as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and honor his legacy. We're going to hear more from him from the CBS News archives, but first, there are a number of major news stories we're covering on this Monday night. While many of you are still dealing with that powerful winter storm, we want to begin with new information about that horrifying hostage situation at a Texas synagogue. Tonight, the FBI calling what happened a terror-related 
anti-Semitic attack. The man who held four people captive was a British national. Police in the UK detained his two teenage sons because they spoke with their father on the very day of the incident. Also breaking tonight, CBS News has learned the Department of Homeland Security sent a memo to local law enforcement warning that faith-based communities will likely be the target of future violence. CBS's Omar Villafranca is outside the temple in Colleyville, Texas. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. Sources tell CBS News the suspect was not known to U.S. intelligence officials. In fact, they're not sure how he got from New York here to Texas. We're also learning more about that high-stakes standoff as hostages are starting to speak out for the first time. It was terrifying. It was overwhelming. Uh, and we're still processing. Appearing on CBS Mornings, Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker described the tense 11-hour standoff at Congregation Beth Israel and the moment he realized the man who claimed to be homeless was taking them hostage. I heard a click, and it could have been anything, and it turned out that it was his gun. Sources tell CBS News 44-year-old Malik Faisal Akram was a British citizen who arrived at New York's JFK airport about two weeks ago. Making his way to Texas, he stayed in a homeless shelter and somehow obtained a gun. Today, one of the hostages says Akram claimed he targeted the synagogue because of its proximity to Afia Siddiqui, a convicted terrorist with suspected ties to al-Qaeda. He demanded her release from a Texas prison as the FBI rescue team flew in from Quantico, Virginia. Hostage Jeffrey Cohen told CBS station KTVT that after 10 hours of negotiations, he started spouting for a good few minutes. I was going to put a bullet in each of us, whereas earlier in the day, he was going to let us all go and he was the only one who was going to die. But at that point, he was going to kill each of us. He even told us to get down on our knees. But before the FBI went in, the hostages saw an opportunity to save themselves. He put his gun down to pour some soda. And at that's the point that uh, Rabbi Charlie threw the chair and yelled, run. I told them to go. I threw a chair at the gunman and I headed for the door. And all three of us were able to get out without even a shot being fired. A video shot by ABC affiliate WFAA shows the hostages escaping through a side door. Akram follows them out, then ducks back in. The tactical unit springs into action. Within seconds, Akram was dead. The hostages alive. Like many religious groups, members of this synagogue have been through active shooter training. We were consciously watching and looking for those opportunities because that is what saved our lives. And Omar is back with us from Texas. So Omar, what can you tell us about the latest of the investigation? Well, Nora, this is still a very active and widespread investigation. We just learned that the suspect paid cash for his flight and that he traveled alone. We also learned that federal agents are going to homeless shelters to talk to people. They want to find out what he did while he was there and, more importantly, how he was able to get a gun. Nora? Omar Franca, thank you. We turn now to that major winter storm that dumped crippling amounts of snow from Asheville, North Carolina to Buffalo, New York, and left tens of thousands without power. CBS's Nikki Batiste is in hard-hit Rochester, New York, and good evening, Nikki. 
Nora, good evening. I have to tell you, it has been brutal for my crew and I to be out in this wintry mix of wind and cold and snow all day here in Rochester. Pretty much everyone else in this area did stay inside today. Right now, I'd say we probably have about a foot of snow, but as you can see, it is still coming down pretty hard tonight. Across the Northeast today, a wintry whiteout, as some areas saw up to two inches of snowfall per hour, making it nearly impossible for road crews to keep up. The storm pounded I-90 in western Pennsylvania with a triple punch of heavy snow, strong winds, and freezing rain. Utility crews had to help each other on the slippery roads. It was no different for several stranded drivers in Erie. Today in New York, Buffalo was nailed with more than 16 inches, the most on this day in 64 years. Person across the street, they got stuck trying to get out of their driveway, so, you know, we got to help each other. In Rochester, these two residents had been trying to dig out their vehicle for nearly two hours. How does this snow compare to what you might usually see? A lot more ice than just like fluffy snow. Today, more than 1,600 domestic flights now canceled, stranding frustrated passengers trying to get home. Hope for the best and see if uh, you know a better fly opened up. Before heading east, the storm pummeled the south this weekend. More than 600 collisions were reported in North Carolina, including an accident that killed two people from Myrtle Beach. The storm also knocked out power for tens of thousands, including this Georgia father. I'm out there with the pot and boiling water to keep my baby's formula warm, you know. We're in the middle of a tornado right now. In southern Florida, tornadoes touched down, destroying multiple homes. It sounded like a, a, a racing train, you know. It, it was really loud, and it took me off my feet. And get ready because meteorologists tell us there is a chance of another winter storm along the East Coast this weekend from the Carolinas to New England. Nora? Nikki Batiste, thank you for being there with us. We appreciate it. Well, the runaway Omicron variant is spreading fast with both daily cases and hospitalizations near all-time records. And experts warn that this latest surge, that it's far from over. CBS's Mola Lenghi reports. As Omicron continues to sweep the nation, today Dr. Anthony Fauci addressed whether it could end the pandemic. I would hope that that's the case, but that would only be the case if we don't get another variant that eludes the immune response. Still, health officials say the next few weeks will be rough. As case numbers shatter records, more than 133,000 Americans are currently hospitalized with COVID, down 2.5% from the peak the week before. And the challenges continue tonight with the lack of available rapid at-home tests and long lines for PCR tests, topped by lengthy delays in getting results, contributing to the spread of the virus. Tests allow us to make decisions about whether we're contagious and so a threat to others, whether we can safely return in person to school or to work. Meanwhile, New York State could be turning a corner on the surge, recording about 48,000 cases on Friday, a nearly 47% drop from roughly 90,000 cases a week earlier. Other states in the Northeast are also seeing a downward trend or leveling off. In the future, experts say coronavirus may reach the point where it becomes an annual illness, like the flu. This is gonna become an annual vaccination, at least for a period of time. 
A new Israeli study suggests that a fourth dose of vaccine provides only limited protection against the Omicron variant. Dr. Anthony Fauci said today we need not variant-specific vaccines, but ones that protect against all strains of the virus, Nora. That would be a breakthrough, Mulalenghi. Thanks. Today, President Biden and Vice President Harris paid tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., vowing to carry the civil rights icon's legacy by pushing for greater protection of voting rights. But as CBS's Nancy Cordes reports, getting legislation passed won't be easy. In Washington today, the family of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. marched in favor of voting reform. We're tired of being patient. The president and vice president sounded the alarm as well. Our freedom to vote is under assault. The attack on our democracy is real. And yet a major voting reform bill is poised to fail in the Senate as soon as tomorrow, which has advocates turning up the heat on two Senate Democrats. History will not remember them kindly. Arizona's Kirsten Cinema and West Virginia's Joe Manchin both say they support voting reform, but they don't back a rule change that would enable Democrats to pass that reform bill without Republican support. I never got a call on that from the White House. One Republican, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, said he'd be open to negotiation, but he doesn't support the proposed legislation, which would allow early voting and vote by mail in all 50 states and make Election Day a national holiday. Over the past year, 19 states have passed more restrictive voting laws. Voting discrimination is alive and well. Kristen Clark is the first African-American woman to head the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division. There is no doubt that we are seeing efforts to make it harder for people of color and other marginalized groups to vote. According to a new CBS poll, more than four in 10 Americans think President Biden is not focusing enough on voting rights and race relations. But his predecessor continues to push for more restrictions, especially in states he lost in 2020. Their legislation is not a voting rights bill. It's a voting fraud bill. All of this leaves President Biden with a dilemma. How to show his base that he's doing something to combat voter suppression when the most meaningful option, federal legislation, appears to be hopelessly stalled. Nora. Nancy Cordes at the White House, thank you. Trouble is far from over for the world's top tennis player after Novak Djokovic was banned from the Australian Open. The next major tournament is the French Open, and tonight there's word that he may be banned from that competition too. The reason? He's not vaccinated. And that could also mean he can't play here at the U.S. Open. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports. The smashes, double faults, and backhands played out on the court this time as the Australian Open got underway. The show went on despite booting out its nine-time winner and defending champion. Djokovic is sitting this one out in his native Serbia, where supporters, including the Serb president, accused the Australian government of a political witch hunt against the world number one. It's not Novak that is humiliated. I think Australian, Australian authorities humiliated themselves. Those Australian authorities detained and ultimately deported the star over a visa battle that focused largely on the fact he was unvaccinated. In a statement, Djokovic said he was extremely disappointed in the court's decision to revoke his visa. I hope that we can all now focus on the game and tournament I love. 
defending her own title after a four-month break to look after her mental health, Naomi Osaka, not allowing the Djokovic saga to overshadow the tournament. Even before this whole situation, um, my goal for this year is just to like focus on myself. Focus that's worked, nailing her first match in straight sets. As for Djokovic competing in the French Open in May, the sports minister said the situation may change, but at the moment, there's no exception to the rule that all athletes must be vaccinated in order to compete. Nora? Charlie Daggett, thanks. It's an uphill battle for the people of Colorado who lost their homes last month to the most destructive wildfire in state history. Tonight, hundreds of families are still looking for a place to stay. CBS's Janet Chamlin is there for us. We don't even know what we lost. It's like There's nothing left to say. The lamps are what's fell through. A harsh reality for Nikki and Ryan Fazio, especially when homes 50 feet away were untouched. When you lose something like this, you don't even know what you need to get back. You're just kind of, you know, you go into survival mode. This is the fast-moving fire that was closing in when they fled with their two children, the pets, and little more. The landscape now looks apocalyptic. More than a 1,000 structures were damaged or destroyed. Hundreds of families left homeless. How challenging has it been for you guys to find housing? <laughs> Since the fire, the morning after, that has been my sole purpose, is just to find a home in our community for the children. Your guys' fort was here. For the Ruff family, the fire catastrophe is now a housing crisis. I don't think there was more than two or three houses in inventory if you wanted to just buy a place before this. And now there's a thousand households that are looking. They've moved four times since the fire from hotels to a friend's basement. Cheryl posted a plea on a Facebook page for a more permanent rental. <laughs> the Fazios have a place to stay for now. After the owners of this home, strangers, moved out so Nikki, Ryan and the kids wouldn't have to leave town. Our biggest thing is keeping the kids in school and keeping them around their friends and making sure that they have the stability they had before this. Families in search of the one thing there's no place like home. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Superior, Colorado. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, New Zealand is airlifting water and supplies to the Pacific island nation of Tonga following that deadly underwater volcanic eruption and tsunami. Communications with the island have been sporadic. Incredibly, no mass casualties have been reported. A British woman is the first known fatality. The tsunami unleashed powerful waves that traveled thousands of miles and flooded California's Santa Cruz Harbor. 
All right, that hero medevac chopper pilot who pulled off a miracle crash landing outside a church near Philadelphia last week, well, he got a warm send-off from the hospital on Sunday. Daniel Moore suffered serious injuries to his ribs, spine, and chest. Three others on board, including a two-month-old baby, all survived. I remember waking up and looking up and seeing a whole company of firefighters looking down at me. That's uh, a real good feeling. Moore says the real heroes are the medics and nurses who treat patients in his chopper. It was nearly 57 years ago that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led the Selma to Montgomery March for voting rights and delivered what became known as his How Long, Not Long speech. CBS News cameras were there. So here's Dr. King in his own words. I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, yes, sir. however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth pressed to earth will rise again. How long, not long, because no lie can live forever. How long, not long, because you shall reap what you sow. How long, not long, because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long, not long, because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the village where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. And today, we honor Dr. King. Tomorrow, a big story why major U.S. airlines are warning of catastrophic disruption to flight plans when a new 5G service launches on Wednesday. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.